Hi everyone, I'm Karen Karitzer, CEO of the ARC and Ida Lewis, and together with Heather Evans, our Vice President of Development, we host the ARC Waves podcast. ARC Waves shares best practices and habits of diverse performers and leaders. These inspiring leaders are from all stages of the leadership wheel, from seasoned CEOs to emerging leaders, risk takers and innovators, for-profit and not-for-profit. Our guests are trailblazers, serving as beacons for those striving to be outstanding leaders in the disabilities field and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm Karen Karitzer. During this episode of Arc Waves, Heather and I speak with our guest, Stephanie Gigian, the Executive Director of Empowered Pathways, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help people create self-directed solutions and move forward with their lives through education, advocacy, and empowerment. Welcome, Stephanie. We're so thrilled to have you here today. Uh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I thought we could just sort of kick this off, um, maybe with you sharing your background and what led you to become an executive director in your field. So um, I've been working in nonprofit for various nonprofit agencies for about 32 years. Wow. And um, I sort of got started a little late. I was in my 30s before I uh, began working for the YWCA, the first nonprofit that I um, was privileged to work for. And I had gone to school, actually, for journalism. Wow. Really? Um, hadn't, hadn't quite finished, mm -hmm. um, but returned uh, and went to Empire State College. And that was a wonderful experience. I did it while I was working. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. What made you decide to switch from journalism to being in the nonprofit sector? So while I enjoyed writing... I really didn't enjoy what I saw in the practice of journalism. And um, as I said, I hadn't quite finished my mm -hmm. degree. So um, I stayed home with my children for a number of years. And then when I was in my 30s, I had this really life-changing experience volunteering as um, an advocate on the Rape Crisis Hotline for the YWCA. Oh, wow. And suddenly... I realized this is what I want to do. I want to help women. So That's everything awesome. changed, <laughs> and um, I eventually was hired as a staff member, which was a good thing because I probably would have been fired from my real job since I was <laughs> taking time off all the time to volunteer for the YWCA. So That's a real great. calling. That's great. Um, so just staying on that a little bit more, your your experience with the Y. Um, in 2020, you were awarded the Mohawk Valley YWCA Salute to Outstanding Women in the category of Human and Public Services. Congratulations to you on that, by the way. Thank you. Absolutely Fantastic. incredible. Um, what about that particular, uh, particular award was meaningful to you and your own background um, with the YWCA? You had mentioned that you had worked for the Y, um, and I'm, I'm wondering you know, why you think it might be important to recognize women and minority leaders in a community? Well, I think that there's just so many amazing um, women and minority leaders that don't get the recognition that they deserve for the incredible work that they're doing. And um, this award is one of the ways that that happens. And um, I remember... Um, 
I believe I was working at the YWCA when they launched the Salute to Outstanding Women uh, event. And um, I remember being told at the time that there were people in the community who said, oh, you're never going to find enough women to really? give this award to. And wow. now all, all these years later, right. the Salute Academy is just, you know, a who's who of women that are making a difference in our community. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say the other thing that was special about it was that it came from one of my board members, Karen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as my nominator. It was such... Um, Wow, it was such an honor to be recognized by a mm-hmm. member of the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And over the years, you know, watching, going to the YWCA luncheon and watching women um, accept this award, I never thought that um, that would be something that I would be doing. So um, it's incredible. You know, what's so powerful for me about that as a mother of a daughter is being able to highlight that those women do exist. And to your point, with someone saying, oh, you'll never be able to find enough women to fill these shoes. When you look at that who's who list, it's not a who's who list of 10 names. It's more like hundreds of names over the past couple of decades um, that are women that have made a difference. And you read through that and you say, oh, my gosh, here's the role models. And we can find them right in this area. I love that. So congratulations to you for being part of that. It was absolutely just so our listeners know. So I myself as well as Case and Claire, yes. actually, um, we both uh, submitted um, your name for nomination for that. I mean, so well-deserved. You are really such an outstanding executive director in our community, but the work that you do um, with the, the people that are in your programs and the variety of programs that you have. So I was just wondering if you could tell a little, a little bit about Empowered Pathways. And, and I know that there was a, a pretty interesting and significant event that occurred some years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering if you could talk us a, a little bit about that. Sure. Um, Empowered Pathways is the merger of two organizations, the Women's Employment and Resource Center and the Peacemaker Program. Mm-hmm. And I started with the Women's Employment and Resource Center, or we refer to it as WERC Work, um, in 2012. And as a small nonprofit, um, it's difficult to survive. And as we um, evolved and um, struggled through some difficult times and some funding cuts, some members of our board, uh, one in particular, was also a member of the board of the Peacemaker Program. And so um, she came to the leadership and said, you know, I'm hearing the same kinds of things when I attend the board meetings of the Peacemaker Program and the work program, the financial struggles, the, you know, the fundraising struggles, the the not enough staff struggles. And it seems to me that you should be working together. Mm -hmm. And so from there, um, our um, board leadership, our executive committees met, and began having discussions about that. And it was, I believe it was 2016 when those discussions began. began, Mm -hmm. And it was two full years before the merger actually happened. So it it was quite a lengthy process. We were fortunate enough to have the support and the assistance of the Community Foundation. Um, and also um, the New York State uh, Council on Nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So we had expert advice 
and um, professionals who were working with us every step of the wanted way. Wanted you to succeed. Wanted us to succeed and saw the value in the agencies coming together and how that would make us stronger. Can I ask you, Stephanie, were you very familiar with the Peacemaker program before that merger? I, I was familiar with the Peacemaker program. We had um, many times had their staff come in and do uh, dispute resolution training for the women in our classes, um, particularly dispute resolution in the workplace because that's such a valuable um, uh, skill for people to learn in order right. to you know, have those soft skills to maintain their jobs. So um, we were familiar with them. So it was a nice uh, matching kind of mission. You know, you guys were both headed towards a very similar goal. Right. And so it was a good marriage for you, or merger. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you learn about yourself through that process of, of merging with another organization? There was, you know, two boards. There's another board you had to get to know. There was other players that now became involved in terms of foundation and um, the, you know, the council, the near council um, nonprofit. So tell me a little bit about that. So I think one of the things that I learned is that it's important to take things one day at a time, one mm -hmm. week at a time. The entire merger, to think about it, was kind of overwhelming, you know, to bring two agencies together and what was the staff going to be like. And it was really not guaranteed that I was going to be the executive director. Oh, I mean, wow. I thought I was going to be, but um, it, was, it wasn't guaranteed that once these agencies merged, that that would be the decision of both boards. So um, just trying to look at the big picture, but trying to just do what had to be done for that week and that day. And communication was I can't even stress how important that was. Communication with um, the board of directors, both getting to know the other board, getting to know the staff on the yeah. other, what was going to be the other side of this newly formed organization, um, and so just being um, just being aware of trying to communicate everything and trying to take things as they came and not think of you know, worry about everything that was going to be down the line. Do you think that your um, work and training in rape crisis helped you to, you know, push this, you know, move this ahead with that one day at a time, one thing at a time um, experience? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, that tends to be my fallback mm -hmm. when, um, when I'm going through anything in life is... Um, to stay in the moment, to not, try not to, it's very hard sometimes, try not to think about what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen in six months, because you don't know, truly. Yeah. So we're going to deal what we have to deal with right now, we're going to communicate as best we can, and do our best work today. Is that a philosophy that you've had your entire life, or is that something that you incorporate just in your leadership side of your life? I I think it's been with me a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to think back, but I know during the most difficult times of my life that that is how I've um, survived things and gotten through things, and that's, that's, I think, important. It's a very, very wonderful reminder for our listeners to take things one day at a time. Um, I know that when I came 
um, and connected to your organization. And I, I will just say that um, I had attended your work luncheon, which now seems like a million years mm -hmm. ago. You know, COVID aged me about 20 years. But um, I remember going to the event, and um, he, so many people attended. It was a really large event than it always was, everyone that I went to. And there was a speaker, was a young woman who um, was a single mom, and she talked so passionately about her um, connection with your organization and um, with the Women's Employment Resource Center, how it helped her get the training um, and the resources and the skills to be able to get into a job market that she had wanted and to be able to really be able to move ahead. And that um, was so powerful to me that I wanted to be connected with your organization, um, got on your finance committee, and that was sort of towards the tail end of the merger. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and you really, I think the both boards were at that point really honest and communicated very well. I think honesty and that high level of communication is really, really important when you go through a merger because people are afraid. They're yes, afraid they're gonna lose absolutely. their jobs. They don't know if this is going to really turn out to be the best fit. They're afraid of what the, the leadership is going to look like. So, you know, I think all those things you guys did right, you know. And, and on the other end of this, now you're connected in a much more powerful organization, um, still really successful with all the programs you do. So I'm not sure you've had a chance really to talk about the program, so I was wondering if you could talk a little sure. bit about that. Absolutely. So on the Women's Employment and Resource Center side, uh, we help women get back into the workforce. So um, many times there are women that have had their lives interrupted mm -hmm. by some sort of crisis, and that could be uh, being divorced, being widowed, being separated, losing their primary income uh, for whatever reason. And um, they oftentimes don't really know where to start. And so work is a place where they can get um, not just training, but support. And right. that is, I think, uh, what we do best mm -hmm. is we meet women where they are and they don't have to be afraid and they don't have to be afraid of what they don't know mm -hmm. um, because we're going to take our time and however long it takes for them to learn computer skills, learn communication skills, that's okay. Um, so I think it's a place where women can feel safe. And on the other side of the program, the Peacemaker program, we help people who are um, experiencing conflict. Mm -hmm. So whether that conflict is um, a child custody situation oh, wow. or um, a small claims um, situation where someone owes them money, or um, whether it's a conflict that they're having um, with their parents mm -hmm. or their neighbor or having trouble with school attendance, um, we can bring these people together and talk about um, what is at the heart of the dispute and come to some kind of peaceful agreement. And I just love that we have both sides of that program. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really, I can't imagine how many people would love to benefit from your services. And hopefully in you coming here and talking with us, we find more people uh, have that awareness of what you have to offer because that, that particular component, that peacemaker component to me is, is so powerful because it does harness the importance of, 
high levels right. of communication and patience and understanding that oftentimes it feels we're lacking in this world and we're lacking in a lot of our interpersonal relationships and to have someone guide and model that would be so beneficial. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's so much conflict <laughs> in the world and there's so much polarization and that is definitely I think there's a role for our program to bring Ab- people together. Absolutely. One of the things we just want to say to our listeners is if they're interested in Empower Pathways and learning more about it and connecting um, with the organization or calling with questions, we'll have um, the website address and your phone number in the written description of our, our podcast oh, so people yeah. will be able to Great. connect you. I just got to a couple more uh, questions. I know okay. Heather's going to tell me we got to wrap things up here. But, um <laughs> I think, you know, you've talked um, a little bit about the boards um, and being a board of directors member and the importance of boards being able to communicate well with each other, and um, which is, you know, they, they really are a volunteer group of people that um, get to really influence um, an organization and their community. Um, you have been on the board of directors at the Arcanita Lewis since right. 2019. So what interested you in the board and agency, and what do you think are the critical skills a person really needs to be a board member for an organization? Well, one of the things that interested me about being on the board of the ARC is that I was able to see what great work that you're doing for the people you support, and being at this agency and seeing the staff and seeing uh, the great work that was being done, certainly that spoke to me. But also, you know, I have I have some personal issues too. With a, I have a granddaughter who is on the autism spectrum and also has developmental disabilities, and uh, she lives very far away mm-hmm. in Japan. But I wanted to that really made me want to do something locally um, to support other people who were struggling, families that were struggling with this issue, and. As to part two of your question about, you know, what do you think is important for board members, I think you have to be passionate about um, the mission and the work that is being done by the organization. And um, I also think you have to um, evaluate what skills you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you help? Mm-hmm. And it can be an extremely rewarding experience, as is my board membership on the ARC and, but I think, I think you have to learn about the mission and, and be passionate about what the agency does. I agree. Great answer. Um, one final question before I turn it over to, to Heather. Um, you've spoken in the past um, about being a cancer survivor mm-hmm. and juggling your career um, through the middle of that. Mm. Um, can you share your experience and what message you would like to give um, cancer survivors? Sure. Um, I think, you know, going back to the one day at a time thing, I think that's what got me through cancer. Um, And I will say that, you know, I was working at the time for the Women's Fund, and this is where I want to say the support of other women was just phenomenal and that is really I think what got me through it the sport of family of course friends but it was the women in my life who really stepped up and brought the meals and you know um, 
you know, said, what do you need? Whatever you need, we will help you with. And um, I also think that work for me was a place where I didn't have to think about the cancer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it was important for me to work as I could, as I was able to, through chemotherapy, um, because it was the one time when I didn't think about the illness. Mm -hmm. So I think all that um, really was helped me get through it. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, Absolutely. That. Um, and really thank you for sharing all your experiences uh, with us and the listeners today. So as we approach the end um, of the episode, we're going to uh, move into our stories, uh, our series of short questions for our lightning round. Oh. And so Heather gets to do this fun part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yes, this I, I enjoyed these questions quite a bit. But I will say, just to uh, reiterate what Karen said, I just find that taking one everything one day at a time, whether it's through leadership, through the merger, through cancer survivalship, that it is so powerful, and that is something that I am certainly going to take away as a reminder. It's one of those lessons that you have in your life, and sometimes when things get heavier, things get hard, you can lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. So your being here today and offering that reminder for me and offering that introduction to that concept I think is really powerful. So thank you. Uh, but now it's time for some okay. tough questions. <laughs> fun ones. <laughs> fun ones, fun ones. What is your favorite board game? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say Trivial Pursuit. Oh, Various nice. Versions. Are you good at that? I wish I was better, <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy it. I get very competitive. That's awesome. <laughs> do you guys play as a family? Um, we do, but um, we also just, like, we'll sit around and ask each other, just pull the questions and just ask each other I, li I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's I could fun. do, uh, like, a trivial pursuit for, like, 1984 music. That's about <laughs> the extent of my skill. It's a pretty good category, though. Um, what was the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough one. I know, right? Wow, the best compliment I've ever received. Um... You know, I have to say, the, the award through the YWCA, <laughs> I mean, you know, I was blown yeah. away by that. And to I don't think there's anything better than that to mm -hmm. be, as a woman to be recognized. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. How do you start your day? <laughs> I usually start my day by getting up and starting work right away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I'm an early riser, mm -hmm. so uh, my staff will joke about receiving emails from me at 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of my jump on the day, mm -hmm. you know, to get ready and prepare. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I take a break and get ready for work. Sure, have your breakfast yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm the same way, actually. Yeah. I like to get up, I, I start the coffee, and then I yeah. grab my computer, exactly. and I start going through and making sure I know what's going on. Um, makes me feel in control, mm -hmm. you know. What is your favorite book? A Tale of Two Cities. Really? Oh, A yeah. classic. A cl yeah, my favorite book of all time. Yeah. Wow. How about your favorite place to visit? My favorite place to visit, well, I have to say Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and North Carolina, because that's where my grandchildren are. So um, whenever, it's hard to get to Japan, especially sure. these days, but whenever we can get to uh, 
see the grandchildren. That's like my favorite thing to do. I can imagine that's both. Both are, I'm sure, great places yeah. to visit. Having been in North Carolina, it's wonderful. Yeah. Japan, not so much, but <laughs> <laughs> just haven't been there. But yeah. that would definitely be one of the places on my it's bucket list. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, what is something most people don't know about you? Okay. Um, wow. These are hard questions. <laughs> Easy <laughs> questions. For the ones about the agency. Something people don't know about me. Um, I was once an extra in a movie. Really? <laughs> oh, that's cool. What movie? Yeah. Well, in uh, the 1970s, I think, they filmed Slapshot in Utica. Oh. And I was in the auditorium. Oh, my God. Yeah. My mom was, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's really. crazy, yeah. yeah. I got to see Paul Newman. Never got to meet him, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's cool. That was, that was uh, here. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. He was such a heartthrob. I mean, oh, yeah. he still yeah, is, you know? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, what are you most proud of? Um, wow. I'm most proud of um, my, you know... Um, it's a okay. tough one. This is a tough one. Um, I think you stumped me with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you didn't be able to cut this out, right? <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I, I happened, I'm just going to interject myself, that I know about you is you really look at the strikes of other people and you see other people and you like to, you know, support them. So I'm going to say, um, I'll do the same for you. Okay. Um, I've seen you be really proud of your kids, your grandchildren. I've, I know that you're incredibly proud of your career and what you've been able to do at the agency. Um, and, you know, it, because I see it all over your face and <laughs> how, you know, wonderful um, – you are as a mom and how excited you are with your grandchildren so does that help you to... it does <laughs> it really does i i will say you know i i grew up with two brothers and um and then i had two sons who i adore um but i i didn't have besides my mom i really didn't have any women in my life mm -hmm. you know in in immediate family and then I had four granddaughters. And now I have a wow. grandson, too. Wow. So I always say it was like the universe corrected itself and gave me four <laughs> granddaughters. But um, as someone, you know, I consider myself um, a women's advocate. And um, to be able to watch my granddaughters grow up and to be able to impart this support and information to them um, has been just incredible. You know, Stephanie, that, that question is a tough one. It seems so simple. It's just a few words. But I think in listening to Karen kind of prompt you and maybe remind you, I think it bears underscoring that oftentimes we're so focused on being humble and mm -hmm. the, the virtues of humility that we forget there is also a virtue in being proud of what you've done, too, right. because you've worked so hard mm -hmm. to impact so many people. Absolutely. And so... I have to say thank you for that, and also thank you to Karen for um, recognizing how important it is to lift each other up and be able to stand okay. there and remind each other Absolutely. when it's time. So yeah. last question. Okay. <laughs> Most important advice you think you've ever given to your children? Um, I think the most important advice that I've given to them is uh, again, we go back to sort of the theme of my life to appreciate every mm -hmm. moment 
And I often talk to them, especially, you know, as young parents, they're, they feel overwhelmed. Or, and I, I say, you know, this time in your life with your children goes by in an instant and yeah. it will be gone and you can't get it back. So, so true. Um, I think, you know, as, as being a grandparent now and being older, that's something I can look back and see. Mm-hmm. So I often say that to them. And, and I think they do um, take that to heart. That's that's wonderful. Well, thank you um, so much for coming to the Arco Nida Lewis to talk with us today. Yes, thank I'm you. Gonna hand it over to Karen to kind of say goodbye and uh, thank you again so thank much, you Stephanie. For the opportunity. This has been wonderful. I feel wiser after this last half hour. So thank you. So, any parting words before we sign off? I I just want to say that um, whatever you're going through in life. And this has sort of been, you know, what I have discovered is that remember everybody's going through something. You you just don't know. You don't know. And they may seem, you know, like everything's fine, but everybody has something. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I think why we should all remember to be kind and compassionate. That's a great one. Thank you. To end our our podcast today. So thank you so much again, Stephanie, for, for sharing your time with us and, um, I mean, I, I can't wait for people to be able to, to listen to this. And um, again, like we said, we'll put Empower Pathways website as well as the phone number in, um, the show in, our, in our, yeah. our discussion or in yeah. our notes. Um, so uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Heather, for, for being uh, here with me to help <laughs> us through this. My pleasure. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Disclaimer, the views, ideas, and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the official policy or position of the ARC Oneida Lewis chapter, the ARC New York, or any other agency, organization, employer, or company.